ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, step right up to the Bread and Circuses podcast, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns and enjoy the clown show. Welcome back once again, Bread and Circuses Podcast. I am Rooster, here with Crow. Hello. How you doing, Crow? Good. Uh, as usual, we have a lot to talk about. Too much Mo- to talk about. More than we've ever yeah. had before, because, drumroll please, RBG died. We've been talking the about this. The notorious RBG. The, yeah, no kidding. The notorious one. The, the one woman who was protecting our democracy, <laughs> all by her diminutive five-foot-one frame herself, all by herself. And the screaming and outrage has been... Uh... You mean this? <laughs> That's just like a... Holy f***ing shit, you guys! I'm driving your car, but I just got a notification that Ruth Bader Ginsburg died! <laughs> Could this year get any f***ing All right, I don't want to keep going with this one. This is like a whole compilation. Uh, I put it on the Facebook page. Okay, is that the one? Yep. That starts out with that with that that otter screeching. Yeah. <laughs> is yeah. that real? Because that reminds me of those. What I don't is it, think those, it, those goats that do that. Except I don't think that one's real, but the goats are real. Yeah. The, the goats will yell like that. Have you ever heard rabbits scream? Yeah, it's oddly human-like. Yeah, and scary as hell. Yeah. The worst is a fox. I have a my dog um, like chews his uh, his toys and like swallows parts of the the fabric and mm-hmm. then he gets caught in his throat and he'll do like this and it sounds like a person just throwing up. I thought you were gonna tell me he like swallows the squeaker like the dog in the movie Snatch, <laughs> just barks and squeaks the whole time. No, he'll just he'll just randomly and he doesn't do it like right after he gets done eating. He'll just randomly throughout the day because he's got it in his stomach or his throat and all of a sudden throughout the day everybody's just chilling all of a sudden and you be like what the fuck. Uh, okay, so Ruth Bader Ginsburg is dead, and this, despite the fact that we have to talk, I have a ton of stuff to talk about. Yeah, because the Brianna Taylor stuff is just breaking too. Um, this is important. And According to Hannity, she's a national hero. Who? Brianna Taylor. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually getting a little fed up with Hannity. Let's hear it. <laughs> Let's hear it. Well, since you admitted you're getting a little fed up with John Roberts, I can admit that I'm a little getting a little fed up with Hannity. No, no, that's not where I was going. <laughs> what? You have to admit that I was right about Hannity. I don't know. What exactly were you right about? That he, he's annoying? Yeah. That's about it. He's annoying I'm, as I'm hell. I'm getting it pretty annoyed by him, man. Yeah. And he so, plays, you know, another thing he does, he plays that Big and Rich song all the time. Well, it's because he wants to show that, that he's friends I with those guys. really fucking hate that. That I hate modern country, and I hate that song in particular. Which that, one? I don't know. I like Save we're a coming, Horse, Ride com- a Cowboy. Coming to your city. Yeah, that one. Play, oh, fuck. I Fucking, you better not like that song. I like that song. Okay, good thing there's so much shit between us. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Shut up. Um, 
So uh, they are going to try and cram. We could have talked about whether or not it was a good idea to cram this uh, this justice through before uh, before the election. Um, you know whether that was going to help Trump or not. It appears they're going to do it anyway uh, because it sounds like on Saturday he's going to name his choice, and everyone believes it's going to be Amy, Amy Coney Barrett. Yeah. I have a New York Post article here to read some from about why she is the perfect choice. I liked her before. I really like her now. But um, And I'll get into some of the reasons why. But I'm already starting to possibly get sick of people like Ted Cruz and Mike Hatch because they're sitting here going, well, I might have some uh, – is it Mike Hatch? Who's – no. I'm getting – Mike Lee. I had him mixed up with Warren Hatch, the senator from Mike Lee. But they're like, well, we've got some reservations about the other justice they were talking about. Starts with an L. Anyway, and, you know, maybe Amy Coney Barrett. I get that you think in Roberts and Kavanaugh, you pick some squishy people. They're still conservative. Right. Right. Uh, She is pro-life. She's pro-gun. Shut the fuck up. Let's not. We got a short amount of time to get this done. Let's get it done. Because well, if Trump doesn't win the election, you got to get it done the lame duck session. Yeah, which can happen. Well, should happen. Absolutely, I mean, but they can't can keep. They can't go with like one pick and then decide. Oh, this one's not good. Go with another pick. Right. But now they're starting to do this thing about they want to distance themselves in case that justice isn't hardcore enough for them. Shut up. Yeah. Don't don't fuck around with this. You know? Yeah, I, I wouldn't put Roberts in the conservative camp at this point. Well, if you he's go kind of a either or, he's like go, he's like you don't know where he's going to go. If you go strictly by his voting record, he tends to lean conservative. I think he's careful more because he's the chief justice and tries to keep the the court out of politics. We've talked about this ad nauseum. I don't want I don't want yeah. to distract and get down that road again. But I there's a bunch of things about the left that are really pissing me off here. The first one is they're saying, hey, this is hypocrisy. Because they didn't want the Senate didn't want to take up uh, Merrick Garland. Okay, well let's let's start talking about hypocrisy. First yeah. of all, calling a politician a hypocrite, as much as I despise hypocrisy, calling a politician a hypocrite is like saying water is wet. So what? Okay, so let's let's cut the hypocrisy thing out because every one of those people is on some level all the time. It's the nature of their job. And it shouldn't be, but it's the way they've made it. So let's take that off the table. But if you really want to talk about hypocrisy, go back to the Biden rule. Because when Merrick Garland was coming in, it was a Democrat president with a Republican Senate. It doesn't say, it says the president's responsibility is to name them. That's what the Constitution says. Mm-hmm. Pick them. And the... Advise and vote, right? Advise and consent. Okay? This, yeah, which means you... Vote them in or not. Right. Even if that's not exactly what it means, that's the way we've done it before. It used to be, as much as I don't like John McCain, it used to be that McCain said uh, before Bork, it was, hey, that's the president. They pick their person. You vet them a little bit. You bring up your objections. But they're the president. Even if the other party controls the Senate, we've put those people through. Okay. Um, And – it was the Democrats who started this whole thing with Bork way back when Reagan named him. It was them who got rid of the 60-vote approval 
and yeah. made it 51. Called it the nuclear option. Yep. So yeah. there you go, Harry Reid. You earned yourself Kavanaugh and Gorsuch. And who was it that said when Reid did that, that said, uh, be careful. If you, if you go down this road, you're not going to like Mitch McConnell. Yeah. He Tur- said the turtle, right? Yep. He says it's going to happen sooner than you think. And it's already right. cost them two seats. Yep. Well, not two seats, but two justices. Two they didn't want on there. Well, one was uh, replacing um, uh, uh, what, Scalia. 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 I was going to say Scalia. <laughs> Scalia. Um, but which means they they had absolutely every right, not just legally, but just you know decorum wise, to replace him with another very conservative person. Well, which brings up another good point. I want to come back to too. There's so many with this, but but so the Senate when. The Democrats had already done this. They eliminated the 60-vote stuff. They uh, they disqualified Bork, who apparently I, – I mean, I was like 10 then. Uh, Bork was very qualified. Yeah, I saw a little interview with him, you a know, little interview snippet. He's, he was basically an originalist. He said um, that I'm not going to uh, adjudicate based on morality. I'm going to yeah. adjudicate based on the Constitution and the law. And, and had, I was like, well, that was, sounded pretty good to me. Had Clarence Thomas not been black, he wouldn't have gotten through. Yeah, they they destroyed him. They did so much. They're still trying to do it. The stuff they did to him was almost as bad as what they did to Kavanaugh. Yeah, and his speech was great. Yeah. You know, Um, so they're the ones who've been doing this. They're the ones who've put themselves in this position. And if you want to play by those rules, well, if you bring a gun to a knife fight, pretty soon the other guy's going to bring a gun too. So they weren't required to even – even listen to Merrick Garland. But if they had, so what? It would have been a dog and pony show. He's not going to get put through in a Republican Senate. So shut up. But when you go back to the Biden rule, the Biden rule, when Biden was in, was like, hey, we're not, when the Democrats controlled the Senate, Biden was the chair. He's like, we're not, we're not doing this. Yeah. Or not the chair, the majority leader. Yeah. He was like, we're not doing this in an election year, even though it's been done 17 other times. That we've appointed a justice in an election year. And now people like uh, Hillary Clinton who said, hey, Merrick Garland deserves, you know, his his uh, hearing are now saying this is the height of hypocrisy. You know, shut up. Yeah. You know, you people think we're fools and you're idiots. That's really what it is. So this is this is coming down to politics. Just admit it. Well, the thing about the left is that they truly they truly do believe that the electorate is stupid. Mm-hmm. And and they can manipulate the electorate by just boldly lying, and if they get caught, they'll just redirect. And the the electorate is so dumb, electorate is so dumb that they can, um, you know, the bread circuses they can they can confuse them. And right. for a certain percentage, they can. There are useful idiots, but it's not all of us. But that's what Twitter's for. <laughs> so the other thing they'll say is when Gorsuch was going through. And the Republicans were going to be able to put him through. They said, well, this is okay because, I mean, the moral victory they were taking was we lost Scalia, yeah. who they despised, yep. even though uh, there's nothing to despise about One of the guy. best. Yeah, yep. he was an originalist. He, I mean, the guy backed flag burning. Yeah. He said, because if I, was, yeah. if I was king, I would tell you you can't do it. But I'm not. We have a constitution, freedom of speech. You get to do it. I mean, that's the kind of principled stance exactly. you want to see. Um, but, you know, the left doesn't know what principles are. Uh, and I, I'm tired of hearing them bang on about values and principles. They wouldn't know them if they bit them in the ass. Well, and that's not their goddamn job. Right. So uh, so they said, well, we're just replacing one with the other. 
you know, one originalist with another originalist, no harm, no foul. Well, so they were treating it like those seats are supposed to be assigned to certain ideologies and that this is Ruth Bader Ginsburg's seat and we can't replace it with first someone who's not a woman. And secondly, certainly someone who isn't some hard lefty because that's what Ruth Bader Ginsburg was. A rah-rah abortion. Right, rah-rah abortion. So to them, it's this idea that, you know, we can't have this person in there because she's taking Ruth's seat. That was well, hers. I mean, even even Trump kind of did the, well, it's going to be a woman kind of thing, which annoyed me. It's like whoever's qualified should get in there. I get it because it's just it, – I get it because they, it's harder for them to attack a woman, but they'll, they'll do it anyway. But also the uh, people on the left are saying, no, it needs to – who is it that on the left that said we need to replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg with a black woman? Was it, was it a Biden? I said don't know. That? I think Biden actually – don't quote me on this. But it was one of the big lefties that said, no, she needs to be replaced with a black woman. Well, so here's the thing about uh, this. You know, we talk about the most qualified. Here's a New York Post article. And I know some about Amy Coney Barrett. But this one is this one convinced me she's the right person. Um, It's a New York Post article that says she's the hands down best pick to replace Ginsburg. Um, It starts off with picture a female jurist who has consistently defied social expectations imposed on women and whose legal thinking is closely bound up with her faith. No, I'm not talking about Coney Barrett, who they're giving her a hard time because she's a hardcore Catholic. Yeah. Um, Says, I'm talking about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Ginsburg believed fervently that conventional expectations shouldn't hinder women as they seek their full fair, fair share of public life. Nor was she shy about how her Jewish faith shaped her judicial mind. In an essay to the American Jewish Committee in 1993, she wrote, quote, Laws as protectors of the oppressed, the poor, the loner, the et, uh, is evident in the work of the Jewish prede- my Jewish predecessors. The biblical command, justice, justice shalt, shalt thou pursue, is a strand that ties them together. That's so her goes, talking about equity. Yes. Goes on to say, by those Which criteria. she has no business as right. a Supreme Court justice talking about. By those criteria, Barrett would make the most worthy uh, successor to RGB nominated by f- uh, in the nominating of the 48-year-old Louisiana. I love the fact that she's 48. She's going to be there for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, the president would present the nation with an inspiring vision of what it means to be an American woman in 2020, one that uh, one that could by turns surprise and captivate the suburban women Trump is keen to uh, court. So first of all, it gets the suburban maybe get suburban women on there. Because there's someone who's saying, and the left gives us this argument all the time, someone who looks like me. So these... Well, it's all that's all fine and dandy unless you're white. Right, yeah. Um, so it goes on to say about how she's super smart uh, as this um, one of these... Uh, what was this? this is one of her professors. Uh, o. Carter Sneed, Barrett's longtime faculty colleague at the Notre Dame Law School where Barrett also received her law degree. He says she's the rare combination of, quote, the smartest person in the room and also the most humble. But that's not such a big deal, except Harvard Law School professor Noah Feldman, a liberal who testified before Congress in favor of impeaching the president, hailed Coney Barrett as, quote, a truly brilliant lawyer. Uh, He goes on to say she was one of the two best lawyers of the 40 clerks and arguably the single best. She is legally prepared enough to be on the court 20 years ago. Wow. I know. 
Uh, so this is not quoting. When Trump nominated Barrett for the Seventh Circuit Court, every single one of those 40 fellow clerks endorsed her as, quote, first-rate thinker, including such uh, vehemently anti-Trump figures as Neil, uh, I'm going to pronounce this, Cattail, solicitor gender under Team Obama. The entire Notre Dame law faculty uh, likewise endorsed her, uh, quote, and that includes people who identify as liberal, uh, close quote, for Sneed. Um, she's recognized as an expert on how judges are supposed to interpret statutes, crucial role, uh, such as by Justice Neil Gorsuch's bizarre recent reading of gender equity <laughs> into the civil rights uh, statute yeah. enacted. And she has also thought deeply about the relationship among branches of government, a gnarly and serious important area in the law. Um, well, so it sounds to me like she's an originalist, like she's a she's she's not going to do these uh, living, breathing document bullshit. Well, there's a line at the end of this that's great. No, okay. get to, I don't know enough. I, I don't. About I don't either. I'd like. I'd like to actually hear more, but it sounds like uh, it. they hate her because she's rabidly anti-abortion. Well, and she and she's Catholic. Well, first of all, Roe v. Wade is not going to get overturned. If it gets overturned, all it does is kicks it back to the states. And it's and we've talked about this before. It's bad law. Right. It should be overturned, and then they should redo it. And and, and it probably would end up being a, a, a it make more sense. And the woman who brought the case regrets that she did it. Yeah, she and she lied from the beginning about it, and afterwards she says, "I, I wish I never would have brought that case yeah. forward." So back to the article here. Yes, Democrats and their media allies will attack and demonize her viciously, but that's no reason to nominate other candidates who have no record of. Uh, on life issues. As one conservative activist told me, quote, the left is going to burn everything down no matter who we, whom we pick, so we might as well get the right person on the court, close quote. Uh, one senior Hill staffer was even blunter, quote, this is late in the game and I'm not interested in today's version of um, Sununu watch, uh, vouching for today's version of Souter. I think that has to do with, um, yeah, I don't... with uh, um, Roberts. Uh, social conservatives don't want to gamble on a candidate without a clear record of life and religious liberty questions, only to have that justice uh, with a lifetime appointment turn out to be a liberal squish. I think they mean Kavanaugh, too. Yeah. Um, and again, I don't have a problem with those two guys. Uh, okay. So here, here's where it really comes. The inherent dignity of life is no mere slogan or academic concept for Barrett. Perhaps a large family like hers, five kids of her own, two adopted Haitian kids. Um, perhaps a large family like hers is unusual for a woman of Barrett's social class and profession. Then again, as one might, as one highly accomplished lawyer put it in 2007, it's quote, good for the public to see women come in all sizes, all sizes and shapes, just as men do. And they don't necessarily all look and think alike, unquote. You know who said it? Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> yeah. So the idea that you want to keep her out based on her points of view, is antithetical to what Ruth Bader Ginsburg thought. It's misogynistic, and uh, if she was uh, not white, by the left's own definitions now, would be racist. Really? Because that's what they'd be going after her for. Well, the only thing that gives me pause hearing, actually, that she has seven kids, and she's, what, 46? 48. 48. How old are those kids? And if she's got uh, seven kids, she should be at home taking care of her kids. Oh, but some people don't have that gene. Maybe she's got a husband who wants to do that. Yeah. I don't know. And probably has enough money to have, uh, you know, 
Uh, I'm not going to judge people's individual lifestyle choices. What do you call it? Au pairs? Is that what they call them? Maybe. But that, that's – I mean seriously though. I mean if she is like a hardcore Catholic traditional kind of woman to have seven kids and then to be out doing some like basically masculine work and, and have oh, those kids Oh, you hateful bigot. That, that's the misogyny right there. That's me thinking, well, what's wrong with her that she doesn't want to be home, be a homemaker taking care of seven kids? Well, I think if you're going to apply that as a general principle, you're probably right. Yeah. But it varies from person to person. Yeah, I would like to know what's going on with those kids, I guess. That's all. Yeah. I don't know. And maybe the hearings would bring that up to go, go hey, you know, you're, 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 this is a demanding job. But here's the thing. Now with, with COVID and all that, they can do their shit from home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so. look, some people are hyper achievers. Yeah. There's some people who just get a lot of shit done and yeah. you can never figure out how they do it. Yeah. And if she's if she's a candidate for the Supreme Court and she's got seven kids, two of which have been adopted, she's probably in that category. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm being somewhat facetious about that. I'm just kind of bringing up the whole, you know, well, if you're a misogynist, you probably would want to go, why is she not at home, you know, cooking dinner for her family and uh, rubbing her f- husband's feet? <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Well, I did hear um, one quote from her. I can't remember it, and I don't have it here, where she was being uh, in her um, in her approval to her circuit court job. Uh, or hearing for that, she was questioned by Diane Feinstein about her dogma getting in the way. And she basically responded that we all have it. We all have dogma. It affects everything we do. Mm-hmm. So she was saying to Diane Feinstein, yours hasn't hurt your job, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's religious or social or whatever. We all have things we fervently believe. Well, I think the uh, the the Democrats like Schumer and Ocasio-Cortez are – Kind of, they they know that they've got the Republicans have a right to nominate and and confirm her. See, I think they don't think that. They know they know they have that right. I think they don't. They're trying everything they can do to try to shame Republicans into saying no, you shouldn't do that. No, they know they have every right to do that. But uh, Schumer and uh, uh, Casi Cortez are saying, "Fine, fuck you. If you don't, then what we're going to do is we're going to when we get control because they think they're going to win." They think they're going to get the Senate back. They think they're going to win the presidency. When we get control, we're just going to uh, put more judges in there, and then we'll stack it that way. Yeah, we'll have the, three more judges. First of all, that'll never work. But that, but they really think that's. I know, but happen. it won't. It won't happen. Yeah. But I will agree to and disagree on the same point. I think there are some people, Schumer, uh, Feinstein, who know that. Look, they've got the right to do this, and you just gotta, you gotta have the fight. As Barack Obama once said, elections have consequences. Yeah. And this is one of them. I honestly don't think Ocasio-Cortez knows that. I think she's a dummy. I really do. She's she's the she's I, the spokesperson for the Democrat young Democrat left right now. I think she is a person with a reasonably high IQ, not a real high IQ. No. But is a fucking dummy. Just doesn't understand how the world works. I mean, let's face it. She went from being a fucking bartender. She has no wisdom. Yet none. Yeah. She has no practical application of life skills whatsoever. She went from being a bartender to being part of Congress. She's got the kind of uh, she's got that pretty girl mentality, where guys just tell her, "Oh, you're fucking smart," so they can fuck her. Haven't we said that like a hundred times about her? Yeah, but we haven't yeah. said it in a while, so we didn't bring it up again. <laughs> she's a bartender. She's used to having guys. Go up, go. This is a hot, hot uh, bartender, and it's getting kind of late in the night. I haven't uh, scored any chicks. Maybe, uh, maybe I can take her home. Oh, you're so funny. 
You're so funny, Ocasio. Ocasio, you're a funny woman. <laughs> Do you hear what Tucker you're calls so her? so smart. Well, what? Sandy Cortez, which apparently was the name she went by in college. Oh, I, did, Sandy, I never heard that. She was Sandy Cortez. Sandy, wow. I know. He just does that all the time. Appropriation much? I know, but the funny thing is with someone like Tucker, if they were like, you're just doing he'd be like, well, that's the name she went by. I'm just going with <laughs> what she went he's by. He's funny, man. I know. He's just, oh, he's a, he's almost as good a troll as uh, as uh, Trump is. But his trolling is good because he, he seems earnest. That's what I love about his trolling. <laughs> I just, I hate that stupid look on his face, though. <laughs> I love it. That, that yeah. like, isn't that right? Here's a poll for the, for the listeners. Uh, do you think, like, Rooster, that you just annoyed by, by, uh, by Tucker's like, huh? Look, or do you think it's awesome? Like Crow does. Let us know. <laughs> yeah, the the thing I hate about it is it's not honest. It's not an honest like I'm confused face. <laughs> I think it is. No, I it's not. He, I think he can help himself. No. Okay. No, no, no. You, think I think, you think he looks in the mirror and practices that? Look? Yes. No. I think he has practiced All right, that look. Listeners, you have to let us know who's right. Because he and because it was it mentioned this before, he had that exchange with um, Richard Goodstein, where he pronounced Kamala Harris's name. Yeah. He pronounced it Kamala, not yeah. Kamala. And Richard Goodstein goes, well, you got it wrong. He didn't give that face like he was going – no, he goes, so what? Yeah. He goes, big deal. I said her name wrong. Well, anybody that wants to comment, go onto our uh, Facebook page, uh, Bread and Circus's Facebook, and uh, just – And see if you can beat Wild Wilson commenting on it. Yeah. See if you can get there before him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm counting on Wild Wilson to be the first comment, so. I'm counting on someone to beat him. Okay. Um, I, but I think this is an important fight. I think it's one they got to have. I, I have changed my mind, as I think you did, a lot to do with what Larry Correa was saying. Yeah, I wanted to bring that up if you don't yeah. mind. Yeah, it's time to just, you know, instead of, instead of sitting back and saying, all right, well, let's, let's let this play out and see what happens. You go, nope, we got a chance to ram this through. We're going to do it. Yeah, we initially, when we first heard about uh, RGB dying, you called me. You said, did you know, did you hear the news? I go, what? Uh, RGB died. And I go, oh, shit. And then we talked a little bit about it. And I was like, well, maybe I initially thought maybe we should just hold off on the I, nomination process. I thought if, I didn't think about it. Yeah, I thought if he tried to push this through, it was just going to, it was going to radicalize the left. And then I realized, you know what? The left is radicalized anyway. Yeah. So, um, God, I think, did I send that to you uh, as a messenger? Thing? No, it was on Facebook. Oh, I can't find it. Damn well, it. between uh, – it, it was a long post by Larry about, look, we just need to do this because yeah. they would do it yeah, and they it, wouldn't apologize for it. Yeah, it was it was, a, it was great. It instantly changed my mind. And uh, and I'm like, yeah, we need to put – and it seems to be that the Republicans and Trump are all on that, that page. Like we need to push this through and make it happen. Well, the important thing about this is that, you know, people have been counting the votes, which I guess Mitch McConnell is a master at this whole procedural thing. And they've been saying there's 53 senators and, uh, you know, or 53 Republicans, 47 uh, Democrats. And so it's basically 54 because in a tie, Pence gets to cast the tie-breaking vote because he's the president of the Senate. So... They were like, well, Murkowski and Collins, they bailed because they're in tight um, in tight uh, election races in there. Murkowski is Alaska and Collins trying is – Trying to pander to the left. Yeah, and Collins is in Maine. Right. I don't think Collins is going to make it through. Um, Nobody likes her. Yeah, she's uh, – and this is mean. I know she can't help it because she's got a speech impediment, but God, it's frustrating trying to listen to her talk. She's got that – it's that sort of – it's the same thing uh, one of the Kennedy guys has, the one who's a lawyer. It always makes them sound like they're kind of out of breath. 
Hmm. I feel, I mean, I feel bad saying it. There's nothing she can do about it. No, I really want to hear how yeah, she speaks. It, it I, can't think, I can't, I can't think of um, it. Anyway, it doesn't bug me any more than that stupid whistling S Obama's got every time he talks. Yep. Uh, and yes, I'm sure I have something. So shut up. I don't care. Uh, but so those two have backed out. And so they start doing the math and saying, well, we're down to 51. But Rush Limbaugh brought up a great point. He goes, they're going to abstain or just vote present, which doesn't mean it goes from 51 to 49 means it goes from 51 to 47. He goes, if squishy, squishy Mitch bails, which Mitch sounds Romney, like he won't says he won't. Because I think he's, know. I think he's worried about being recalled in in. Uh, yeah, if, if he Utah. against this at this point, uh, fuck yeah. him. Yeah, um, I think he knows that's the end for him. And then uh, Chuck Grassley and Corey Gardner. Chuck Grassley's Iowa. Corey Gardner, I think, is um, uh, Colorado. Sort of squishy. Uh, Chuck Grassley's been around a long time, so Grassley sort of said, "Yeah, go ahead and do it." Like, uh, you know, in the sense that. It's within decorum or whatever. Right. And Gardner was like, hey, I'm on board if we're going to do it. Um, so when they got that, they sort of got the idea going forward. So McConnell's got the votes, according to right. what people are saying. So it's going to happen. There's nothing you can, yeah, there's nothing you can do about it. So great. But now we're looking at, you know, the, the left might only have uh, 47 votes, and we might only need 48 so you could maybe have five senators bail on this yeah. thing. So I, I think if he picks her, she's getting it. And if, if if they get this done and taken care of, that's going to take the wind out of the sails of a lot of left left voters. And they're just going to be like so dejected they're not going to vote. Well, and there might be a bunch of them who show up and vote anyway. But a friend of mine asked me, if you could trade Trump being president in the next term – but you get this justice done with one that is conservative. I do it. Uh, me too. I'd take it. Yep, absolutely. Because the presidential the, thing is going to last for well, four years, and, and the Supreme Court's going to last right. forever. And the Supreme Court has been giving way too much their their power, their ability to influence like social political things has gotten way out of out of whack. Mm-hmm. And I I think that's wrong, and they shouldn't be. They, I think that's another thing I liked about Bork. Uh, so I'm talking about it. He's like, he's like, we, we don't want to be another, we don't want to be another legislative branch. We're right. ju- judicial. We're, we're not meant to make law. And I just love the idea of that. And that's how they're acting now, you know? Well, but I don't, I think that's one of the things I like about Roberts. He doesn't always decide the way I want, but his decisions seem to try and keep it out of politics. I mean, he said that specifically in his, uh, affordable care act one, he's like, don't come to us expecting us to do this. He goes, if you don't like the laws that are coming, elect different people. Yeah. So. Did you hear, um, moving on a little bit? Oh, wait, before we go. No, I guess I, I brought everything up about RGB I want to talk about. Uh, did you hear about, so this is more local. So we're from Minneapolis. Wait, I, I did want to say okay. quick, one final thing on RGB. Again, I've said all along, was not looking forward to her dying. I wish the woman would have quit at some point, enjoyed her life. The Obama administration came to her and said, hey, you're in your late 70s. Let's talk about a transition here. You can pick, just like the Trump administration did with Kennedy, who picked Kavanaugh. Yeah. So rumor has it. And Ginsburg was like, no, I'm sticking around. So she got herself and the Democrats in this position. 
Okay. Still admire that she served on the court and did all that stuff. I don't, I didn't agree with her. I wasn't in any way rooting for her to die, but people are saying, you know, like this woman screaming in the, in the, uh, sound you played about she only had to hang on to this point. Yeah. No, she didn't. She could have been out 10 yeah. years ago when you had a Democratic Senate and a Democratic I'm not uh, going to dance in her grave, but I, I don't care that she's dead. Uh, she was a little fucking goblin. I don't care. She She's a pro-abortion, like raw, raw, hardcore pro-abortion. Fuck you. Yeah. I'm sorry. I think that's fucking evil. I think and, it's evil. And she talks about her Jewish faith. It seems to me the Jewish faith would be like... No, you, you if, can't do that. Here's the thing: if you're if you're pro-abortion as a means of contra- contraception, which seems like the Democrats are nowadays, um, you know, no fault, basically abortion, abortion for on demand up until the ninth month, up until according to some Democrats, till after you're born. Um, I think that's fucking evil. And if I believe that's evil, then I can't sit there and go, "Oh, she was a great woman and she was a trailblazer." No, she was fucking evil, and she's rotting in hell. Thank God. Wow. Boom. <laughs> I don't feel quite that bad, uh, that way about her, but uh, I, I mean, I'm glad she's off the court. Yeah. I feel sorry for her family and all that stuff. So, you know, my condolences, but I think she should have been enjoying her life for the last 10 years instead of trying to do all this stuff and, and hang around for what I believe appears to be ego. And then you have all these uh, leftists, like like the people in the car that we played earlier, but there's also other ones. There was a, and I, honestly, I wish I could remember who 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 wrote this. But they wrote they wrote that they um, cried for 45 minutes once they heard that that she died. Yeah. But they didn't know her personally. It's like that 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 level of indoctrination. That level. It's like it's like um, the supreme leader. You know, Kim Jong Un or or like the Chinese leader when they force their citizens to go out and do these public displays of of wailing and crying men and women both always very poorly acted too, right and then they're just like falling all over themselves and, and wailing uh, with no tears in their eyes but they're wailing because of uh you know dear leaders dead or whatever happened um and you guys are doing it just because you know just because you're so thoroughly fucking indoctrinated and you're so afraid of being outcasts in your little um click it sickens me. It yeah. really does. I would never fucking do that. I'm not a, a Trump butt licker. I wouldn't. If Trump did something fucking stupid, I'd call him out on it. I've, I've done it in the past. Yeah, we've done that. So don't give me this shit that, well, you're just this, you're just the same. The left is just another side of the coin. No, fuck you. It's not. The left is fucking insane now. Yeah. All right. So I want to talk about uh, local. So for many, we're from Minneapolis. We are? Yeah. Uh, well, the area, general area of Minneapolis. Well, and... I mean, you are so from Minneapolis that you uh, are... That, I, that I'm Elon, an Elon o- Omar uh, constituent, right? Yes. Well, <laughs> and, and I mean, supporter. No. Well, she didn't she win 100% of the vote? Hey, fuck you, Rooster. Um, so, uh, Governor Walls, who's a fucking authoritarian piece of shit, who just pretends to be a nice guy, but really is, a, is one of the worst authoritarians there are... Uh, he attended RGB vigil with several hundred people after telling Trump and Biden to limit their events to 250 people because of coronavirus. And you can't have weddings with more than 50 people and you can't have funerals and you can't do all this. Yeah, shit. And I also heard us read a story. Now, granted, I don't know if this is true. And a lot of times you hear these stories, <laughs> but you're going to say it anyway. I know it sucks, but you hear these stories on Facebook and you're like, uh, that's too good to be true. That's, that's too like heart wrenching. You know, it was like somebody wrote this, but about uh, somebody picking up their uh, father from assisted living 
Okay. Did you hear this story? No. Uh, they pick their father up from assisted living, and he gets gets uh, he comes outside, and, and they're like, "Oh, uh, you don't have your hearing aids in. You can't hear me. Go grab your hearing aids." And then he comes out running with a with a basket of clothes and his hearing aids, and he's like, "Let's go! I can't stand this anymore." <laughs> because the lockdown stuff and and the assisted living, they're not letting people see them. They're it's basically prison. Well, for these I, people, I do know this is true. I talked to a banker I know who deals with a lot of these assisted living places, and there was one in particular he was talking about in his town that always is full, all the time, has waiting lists for space available. Um, they are seventy-five or eighty percent full now. They've lost 20, 20 to twenty-five percent of their people, and I'm like, are they dying because of COVID? He goes, nope, they can't handle the restrictions, so they left. Yeah. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Well, I, it's horrible. I mean, if you're going to treat people in assisted living as prisoners, basically saying you can't have visitors, you can't leave the facility, you're you're stuck here. That that's horrible. I mean, it's it, they're being treated worse than than actual felons and paying for the privilege. Yeah. So I I I think that if if you have a family member in one of these situations, and God forbid if they get sick, you're not going to be able to be by their side when they. You can when they're going to pass. When it's okay. end of life stuff, you can be. All right, I'm I'm still worried about that. That you know maybe maybe the 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 rates will go up. You know because of the the season. You know the flu season, and they're gonna they're gonna call all the all the instances of flu COVID, and they're gonna say no, we need to really double. And, and walls would do this. We're gonna really like we're gonna double down, triple down on our lockdown, and especially these assisted living because you know, you know most of the people dying now are the elderly, and these. Poor people are gonna are gonna die alone and scared. And it's like, you, as a family member, you need to t- decide: can you take them home? Can you put them in a, in a in a room? And can you be there to support them at the end of time? I think you need to do that because they'd probably, I mean, probably mean a whole lot more to them to pass yeah, like that. But absolutely, I understand that that's difficult too, and there's a reason they're insistent no, living. But also, I had a family member who just had to put their dog down; couldn't go in with the dog. Yeah, yeah, that's bullshit. I would have freaking nope. raged. Nope. If I'd had this dog for 14, 15 yeah. years and they were like, mm, sorry, you can't come in, I'd have been like, call the cops because well, yeah. I'm coming in. Well, I think there still are vets that will come to your home and do that. Oh, yeah, I know that. But, I mean, this was I mean, a situation. You need to find that, though, yeah. Dog fell. The dog got hurt. They had to. They didn't yeah, like have, an emergency situation, basically. Yeah. So you, like, couldn't, sorry, you couldn't plan it out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, nope. no way. So, yeah, uh, Governor Tim Walz and his wife Gwen attended and spoke at a candlelight vigil Sunday night in remembrance of Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who died Friday. According to Star Tribune reporter Liz Sawyer, several hundred people gathered at Boom Island in Minneapolis for the event, which was hosted by the left-wing group Gender Justice. Ooh, that sounds sounds like a group I'd like to be a part of. Um a Facebook event page for the vigil states that 597 people plan to attend and another 3,400 were interested. The page makes no mention of the maximum attendance requirements but says masks were mandatory, so it's all good. I'm sure social distancing was in full effect, too. <laughs> the governor recently told Joe Biden and President Donald Trump to comply with the state's COVID-19 safety guidelines ahead of their Friday campaign stops in Minnesota. They both came here the same weekend. Under Minnesota's uh, Stay Safe plan, Walls said the campaign events were not to exceed 25% capacity or 250 people. Here's a quote. You may be able to increase total attendance if you choose to a venue with multiple event spaces. We couldn't get by one 
fucking podcast without that. Nope. And it's your I, fault. And I still can't figure out why it's doing it. Uh, if you choose a venue with multiple event spaces with separate capacity limits, as long as you limit each separate space to the lesser of 250 people or 25% capacity, he wrote, Walls wrote in a letter to both campaigns, attendees must maintain social distancing of at least six feet at all times, including when entering and exiting the event. Face coverings are required indoors and strongly encouraged outdoors. The ex- governor's executive order also limit indoor and outdoor worship services to 250 people, a requirement that applies to funerals and weddings as well. Wall said, quote, it's not just chance, unquote, that 200,000 of our fellow Americans are dead. Well, it's be 200,000 are dead. But according to Biden, it was 200 million. Nine, yeah, 93% of them were... Uh, were um Pre-existing conditions, the elderly. Yeah, comorbidities. It happened because of poor choices, deliberate choices, he said. Yeah, look at you, motherfucker. You're the one that that was telling uh, the hospitals to send elderly patients that had COVID into the assisted living and spread it through assisted living. Fuck you, you piece of shit. Uh, it happens because of poor choice, deliberate choices, he said, according to a live stream of the event provided by Gender Justice. I can't. I would love to look into Gender Justice. That, I, I'm no sure that's don't. awesome. No, you I'm don't. Sure, I'm sure I won't rage at all. You, Yeah, you will. The governor mentioned the recent campaign events in northern Minnesota, saying some of it was good and kind, and some of it was hateful and divisive. In other words, some of it was on the left and some of it was on yeah, the right. Yeah, Biden was good and kind, and the Trump was hateful and divisive. Uh, if we're going to say we're going to continue this fight for gender equity, yup. We're going to get political. And he actually said, yup. If we're going to continue this fight for the idea that you can marry who you want to, yup. We're going to get pretty political. If we're going to continue to fight and say all are welcome here and all are valued, black, white, brown, or indigenous, yup. We're going to get political with them, said Walls. And if they're going to tell us that this nation is those who have and those who have not, and some states that are blue, if their people die, it's not as important as others. Or if we're going to separate children at the border from their parents and they're going to do some or do those things, they're, they can be damn sure we're going to get political. Because if there was anything that was clear, Justice Gin- Ginsburg's life was a political life, he continued. Well, listen, just a few highlights from that. First of all, nobody cares who you marry anymore. Fuck you, Walls. Yeah, nobody cares who you marry anymore. That is That is a... 1990s argument. Yeah. No one no one cares if you're gay. No one cares if you're getting married. No one cares. And if a church says they don't want to perform a single such marriage, big fucking deal. There's another church that'll right. do it. No Who big cares? deal. Yeah. Yep. No big deal. Um, this whole idea of locking kids up and separating them from their parents, the Obama administration. Obama. Obama administration did it. It's factual. Look it up. It's it's absolutely true. Kids weren't put in cages. That didn't happen. It's all bullshit. They're just making this stuff yeah. up. And they just keep. But they, they understand that the uninformed voter, the useful idiot, doesn't care. Yeah. And and they're counting on it. The problem is they're counting on it, but there's not. I still believe that there's not enough of the useful idiots. Yeah. And, and I think there's enough. Like you say, the silent majority, which I'm getting. I'm getting. I, I actually hate that term at this point. Stop being silent. Yeah, but, but I don't. I don't know if they're gonna be. I mean, they weren't in 2016. They showed up and voted. Yeah, but I, I think. I think don't just wait. Don't just wait to vote. Get out there and counter this shit beforehand. Well, you know what? If they don't and they show up and vote, I'm fine with True. that. True, and it's tough because you have a life, you have a family, you have a you have work. You know, you're living your life. And here's the thing about 
are a representative republic. We're not a fucking democracy. We're not mob rule. We're a representative republic. And the point of our system is that we live our lives, we contribute to society, we pay taxes to, to, to ensure that our society functions and everybody can, can, can get a piece of that, you know, and, and have security. And we, we go out and we vote for representatives to represent us and we vote for them to make choices for us because we trust that person. And if they, if they don't, we get new ones. Right. So, and that's one thing that flusters me about when you go and vote and you see like, so you've got all the races, the local and national races, which is fine. But then you get down to the, like the nitty gritty, like the judge, like in Minnesota, we actually vote for judges. Mm-hmm. It's too much. I personally don't want to vote for judges because I don't have the time to look into their record and what how they vote and all that. That's a lot of fucking work. We, I, we do, though. We do have the time to do it. No, we don't. Yeah. The thing is, we vote for representatives to do that for us. It's like having the president pick the Supreme Court justice. I want somebody that I trust to make the right choice for me. That's what politics is about. Yeah, but we're having like an issue with our local school board here. And people are like, I don't have the time to look this up. I, I did it. It took me an hour. That was it. But what if you vote for somebody that you trust that makes those decisions? That's fine. Because I don't want to trust everybody else to make decisions for me all the time. Not everything. No. No, I get it. But yeah, you know where I'm coming from? I, 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 think I, I get it. The I just judge, disagree. The, the judge thing, nobody ever knows. I mean, I'm very politically – not adept is the word, but I'm politically – um, because of the podcast, I have to be on top of shit. But there's only so much fucking time in a day you can you can put into this kind of shit. It just doesn't take that much time for the judges. Yeah, it doesn't. You have to look up like multiple K court uh, cases to you could, see how you they could, adjudicated. You could get it in a good three hours of searching. The truth is, we just don't. And then we get in the booth and we go, "Ah, this is stupid." The truth is, we're lazy. It's like someone calling you fat and you're getting mad about it because. You are, and they shouldn't have been able to say that to you. No, I, I guess. Okay, here's another another thing, uh, listeners. Do you agree with Rooster that we need to be on top of every goddamn thing that we uh, we and every little political thing in order to, and we have to vote in every fucking uh, um, every fucking. Thing no, so that you're str- you're strawmaning you're strawmaning. Okay, that. so we have to, but the judges is okay. Let's just go with judges. So the judges that are in your district, right. Um, you have to be on top of what, how they adjudicate and if you believe they're doing the right thing. Uh, or do you think you elect your representative to do that for you? Let us know. Well, look at where the Minnesota Supreme Court got us. We don't elect those people. Yeah. You know, and in a state full of Democrats, they appoint all Democrats. And so yeah, what well, I— That's what you get. That's right. what you fucking get. But I want the ability as someone who is consistently outvoted to, in my area, my county, possibly vote in someone who doesn't— you know, follow lockstep with everybody. And it just, it doesn't take that long to look into somebody's background. I just think we, we have a representative of the public for, for a reason, so that we can find somebody we we trust and we appreciate their view. And the, and they go out and they do their politicking and they go, this is what I believe in. You go, oh, I like the cut of that person's jib. I'm going to vote for them and they can make the decisions of this lower court stuff for Look, me. nobody even knows what a jib is anyway. Okay. <laughs> Uh, let's go to 3,000 questions about me. All right. Because we haven't done that in a while. Let's and, ask some questions about And you, our bro. listeners are chomping at the bit to hear really? us about, about us. I know a couple of them more. <laughs> all right. Let's go to – oh, all right. Who are your favorite writers? Uh, Lee Child, um, as far as books. 
Larry Correa, I like a lot. Yeah, I'm with you on Larry Correa. That's probably my number one. Uh, If I can separate his politics from his writing, I've always liked Stephen King stuff. Well, not the later stuff. No, everything before he got hit by a bus yep. or a van. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he was reading while walking, and he got hit by a car, and he just completely changed after that. Yeah, um, I, uh, I liked Crowdhammer's articles. Yeah, Thomas I, Thomas Sowell. If you're oh, talking Thomas yeah. Sowell, Thomas, is, if you guys haven't read Thomas Sowell's, there's books that just has a, like a compilation of his best writing. Yeah, his essays. Get, oh, man, Thomas Sowell is not a great writer, though. It's true. Uh, I mean, I, I like how he writes. If you write, if you read his essays, like his columns, that's good. If you're trying to read his books, he yeah. gets he gets very. I guess academic you're right. I, and, I, I the ones I'm talking about are his compilations of his of his essays and yeah. his, and his like articles when he was writing for what was the publication he was writing for for years. I can't remember. Uh, but, yeah, I can't. I but can't the but he's got a, a compilation of those. If you can find it, I mean, it's easy to find. But um, read them, and they're not long. And and he doesn't. It's not super academic sounding, and it's it's just it's really good. So yeah, Thomas Sowell. When it comes to political stuff, I think is I mean, you're right. Krauthammer is a really good one. Um, and as far as fantasy goes, Larry Correa is by far my favorite because he writes action scenes that you can the way he's the way he writes action. You picture it, and you're like, you picture it like a movie. You're like, I can picture the movie of this right now. He's so good at action, and he's got really. You know, and he's a he's a good guy. You know, so that helps. <laughs> you know, I read those as a kid, kid high school age. I read those Dragonlance books by oh, Margaret uh, Weiss and Tracy Hickman. Yeah, read, I love those. Read those by them, and they had such a great like. Every chapter ended on a cliffhanger. You're yeah. like, well, I got to read one more. Yeah. And you were you. Would oh, I was like, up all night reading those all the I know. time. So I started reading them with my younger son. Oh, good. Yeah, and he really likes it too. And I'll be like, all right, you know, he get the kid gets horizontal and he go he's out. So we get through like four or five pages, but when we get to the end of the chapter, and I'm like, all right, we're going to end here. He's like, that's where we're going to quit. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. So the, the, they wrote together the Dragonlance books and their fantasy books, like yeah. like Tolkien books, basically, is what they are. Um, so if you've, if you've read any of the, um, or if you've heard of the to- the Hobbit or um, the, what is it, the movies, the Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings movies, you would, you'd probably love the the Dragonlance books. I didn't think Tolkien was a great writer. I mean, I thought he had a great imagination and he yeah. told a good story. But well, neither is George R. R. Martin. I think I think Martin's got, he creates a great world and some very memorable characters and he's a crappy writer. Yeah. But, uh, okay. So I think we answered that well. Um, oh, who is your hero of fiction? I know what yours is. Who? Um, Jack Reacher. Yeah, and the Lee Child books. Yeah, yeah. I like Mitch Rapp. I, n- I never really got into the Mitch Rapp books. I read a couple of them, and I just yeah. – he was too James Bondy for me. Well, if you f- start from the beginning, I think you like later on he's like pretty ass-kicking. But like if you get like early stuff – I like, read I read the book where they oh. went back, American Assassin, where yeah, yeah. they go through his training yeah, and everything. Yeah, they made a movie about it with – Yeah, uh, and he's with, still way too good. What, what was the main – I don't even know the actor's name in that the movie. American I, Assassin was actually a pretty good movie though. I read his first uh, book, Term Limits, that had the – uh, Marine from Minnesota. Who yeah. Was in, yeah. And he was too ass kicky there too. Yeah. So right. I like that Reacher will be like, yep, I got this nailed. I know what this is. Wait, I'm totally wrong. <laughs> My fit. What I love in heroes and movies and stuff is Indiana Jones in the second movie, the temple of doom where he's had, you know, he's had the fight with the guy in the first one where he just shoots him. You know, the guy comes out with the sword and everything. Yeah. And in this one, like the, thuggy guards come up to him and he just sort of smirks and he reaches for his pistol and it's gone. Yeah. 
That's what I love. Yeah. That's what I want flawed heroes. Well, then you must love Jack Burton, Big Trouble in Little China. Yes. Oh, my God. Jack so Burton. <laughs> <laughs> One of the best. I got to have my sons watch that movie. Oh. It's so good. It's, it's fantastic. It holds up. Like, everything holds up. Oh, my God. It's up. so good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, one more. Uh, what historical figure do you most identify with? Now, I don't pre-read these. So identify with? Yeah, do you identify? Oh, sorry, I didn't finish it. What historical figure do you most identify with? So, yeah, I haven't thought about this. Here's, some of these, I wish I had a chance to think about it before I answered them. Like, like I don't pre-read them. Um, but some of these, I wish I did, you know? You know who I, you know who I really like historically? Hitler. <laughs> wow. I can really. I couldn't help it. <laughs> Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We're done. No. Um, and it comes from it comes from watching the Ken Burns series on the Civil War. Is um, I I don't know if I necessarily identify with, but I'm really sort of charmed by is uh, General Sherman. All right. Um, William Tecumseh Sherman because. They, you know, what you hear in grade school is that, you know, Sherman was this ass kicking general who just marched through the South and burned everything. And you think he's some like total badass and everything. And he wasn't, I mean, he suffered from uh, bouts of depression and stuff like that. He mm. wasn't like this, he wasn't like this super stable guy all the time. Um, I mean, he really, fighting to him in war was like, he said, this isn't something that. He said wars are, you know, st- I'm paraphrasing, started by politicians and people who've never seen it. And he goes, if if war was um, proposed by people who've been through it, we just wouldn't have them. You yeah. know, he's basically saying how terrible it was and all that. And you've heard many different forms of that where people are like, ah, send those soldiers over there and do that. And uh, he really sort of found a kindred spirit in Grant when they said, look, if we're going to fight this, we're throwing everything we got at it. And, I mean, Grant talked about how war is total. You know, yeah. there are no innocent civilians in war. I mean, there are, but there aren't. You know, if and when Sherman marched through and he burned farms and shot, fight the, to win. shot their cattle and everything, he's like, we got we got to end this. Yeah. And he sort of looked at it like you got to do that to make it end sooner. You got to break their yeah. back. But then you got you to bomb Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Right. But then when asked about this, hey, would you ever go into politics? That's where no way, no how comes from. When people huh. say no way, no how, it was Sherman. Wow. And so it was someone again, and I don't know if I necessarily identify with this, but I just, I love the idea of a guy who's got a ton of power at that point and can just go, nope. Yeah. I mean, Washington did that yep. to a degree. Eisenhower did it. I mean, Eisenhower, yes, he went from being a general to being a president, but he was very methodical as a president. It was very, it was things like built the interstate system. I mean, he wasn't. He didn't seem as political as a lot of presidents. Yeah. So. Well, I guess I've had time to think about it. And I think if I like a historical figure that I identify with most closely, I'd just like combine a couple and it'd David be like. Crockett? No, it'd be like Daniel I'd combine Boone? two and I'd be like Jesus Luther King Jr. <laughs> like really, that would be who I really? identify with okay. at this point. So <laughs> Washing prostitutes' feet. Is that what you're <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. So. <laughs> We're coming up in time. We have a. Do you want to? We uh, got to talk about Brianna Taylor. Yeah, we've got to bring. I mean, we've had, seriously. My list. I have. I've got five more things to talk about here on my list. Yeah. Well, the Brianna Taylor thing, as of today, this is Wednesday, the twenty third. Twenty third that we're recording this. Um, they've just said that they three. 
I think it's three cops in the Brianna Taylor. Uh, if you don't know the whole story, Brianna Taylor was uh, shot in, uh, I think, St. Louis. Yeah, when they talk about say her name, when yeah. uh, Black Lives Matter is uh, going through the streets pre- with their black fist raised, it's say her name, it's Brianna Taylor's yeah, name. Yeah, pre-George Floyd. Um, killed in a what they said was a no-knock raid. It wasn't a no-knock raid. Although they knocked. Yeah. Um, and her boyfriend at the time who was steeped in yeah. the whole drug scene back then. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think he died. I don't think no, he, got he didn't. No, she got but, shot like seven times. Yeah, he, she got shot. And they're saying, oh, she got shot. Uh, Brandon Tatum on his channel has a whole thing about he goes through the timeline of yeah. how she knew about what she was involved in and all this. And they she was complicit in the whole they drug think she may have operation. Even, I've heard, I don't know if this is true, that she may have even fired at the cops too. Oh, I don't. I haven't heard that. But Sorry, when, they did the, that. when they did the knock and said, hey, we're, the police were here, um, her boyfriend – fired out and hit one of the cops in the leg. Oh, yeah. So then the cops fired back, wound up killing her. Uh, Anyway, so the cops have been acquitted with the one exception. One of them is killed – or not killed – found guilty of reckless endangerment, I think. But it was not to do with that, The uh, Brianna Taylor. It was – and this is coming from Tim Tim Pool, and when I saw it, it was 18 minutes old. So there's going to be more details. But he – he said that he fired into the building in a way that put the other people in the apartment complex in danger. So it sounds like what he was uh, found guilty of had nothing to do with Brianna Taylor and her boyfriend specifically. So uh, anyway, there's going to be riots like crazy all over the place. Uh, uh, the governor of Illinois uh, has now called up the National Guard to be ready. I mean, you're just going to have more of this. Yeah. It's just going to be more and more. And I this stuff isn't helping Biden, you know? No. And I got this James Woods quote here that I put up on our Facebook page. Uh, he was on Twitter, and he said, uh, They locked us down, killed grandparents, accused a decent man of being a gang rapist on the word of a crooked lawyer, rioted, looted, burned cities, assassinated peace officers, and now they are threatening to do more if they don't get their way. Oh, and they want your vote. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I mean, yeah. Well, James this is Woods from is awesome. 3.04 p.m. Uh, this is New York Post. Louisville protesters react to Breonna Taylor's grand jury decision. Uh, angry pro- protesters in Louisville, Kentucky, screamed and broke out into tears Wednesday upon learning of a grand jury's decision to only indict one cop involved in the shooting of Breonna Taylor and not for her killing, like okay. you said. Okay, so he's indicted. So he hasn't even been... Nope. He had, so he's going so to have to go through a grand, trial yeah, and everything. Grand jury. So hordes of demonstrators ha- had gathered in downtown Louisville ahead of the announcement of the much-anticipated findings in the grand jury probe in the fatal March 13 incident as the announcement played out over loudspeakers in Jefferson Square Park that the grand jury in Jefferson County, Kentucky, had charged former Louisville police detective Brett uh, Hankinson with three counts of wanton endangerment in the first degree, some protesters could be heard shouting, what the fuck is this? What the hell? Or is that it? According to a video posted on Twitter, what the hell? Fuck y'all, another yelled as some shouted in agony. Activists cried and embraced each other as organizers vowed to keep protesting uh, Taylor's death. Moments after the grand jury decision, demonstrators began to march through the streets in protest, some chanting no justice, no peace, while others called for Taylor's name and held up large signage reading, Abolish the Police. The grand jury did not announce any charges against the two other officers involved in her death. 
I'm heart- heartbroken, one protester, Logan Cleaver, told the Courier Journal, Im- Journal immediately after the n- announcement. This is not a justice system if it's not for everybody. The attorney for Taylor's family blasted the grand jury decision. This is outrageous and offensive, lawyer Benjamin Crump said in a tweet. Uh, none of the... Oh, so... Oh, shortly after the indictment dropped against uh, Hankison, who was charged with firing into a neighboring apartment the night Taylor was killed. Yeah, that's pretty shitty. None of the charges are directly related to the death of Taylor. If Brett Hankinson's behavior is wanton endangerment to people in neighboring apartments, then it should have been wanton endangerment in Breonna Taylor's apartment, too. No. That's retarded. Uh, in fact, it should have been ruled wanton murder, Crump said. Tempers, tonight tempers may flare, warned community organizer Reese Chenault, 40, adding, people are going to be sad, and I think you're going to see a lot of tears with folks who are marching. I think there's going to be a little more than just tears tonight. There's going to be a lot of tear gas. So, yeah. So, as we speak, it's, uh, what, 5 o'clock, 5 p.m. So, the sun hasn't even set. So it's going to be a big deal tonight. Well, and now they're saying that they're starting to come into uh, into um, neighborhoods and stuff. Yeah. They're going to get shot. Well, they're talking about an apparent militia group of about eight donned helmets, bulletproof vests, and long guns. They were spotted uh, trumping through the downtown area. Uh, yeah. They, I mean, this is going to get... Trumping through the downtown area? Yeah. I, I don't know why they put it that way. It's weird. Trumping through the downtown area. T-R-U-M-P-I-N-T. Yeah, I wonder why they use that word. Um, yeah, it's going to – it'd be interesting to find out. I mean, I think it's going to get pretty bad tonight Yeah. in Kentucky, Louisville. It's going to get bad here too. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to have – in Minneapolis, we have the, the George Floyd thing. And when the officers finally get, uh, you know, let off of all the charges because they totally overcharged them, um, it's going to be – it's going to be bad. And you should, if you're living in Minneapolis or the first or second tier suburbs in Minneapolis, be prepared, you know? Yeah. And it's, I know it's hard to get ammo now. Oh Lord. I know it's hard to get ammo now. I saw a thing on Facebook where you could order by the barrel. Where? Yeah. Uh, it was an ad that popped up and it was five. I was like, is this real? And it was be. a barrel, a How 55 much? gallon drum of 5.56 or nine millimeter. It's like a thousand dollars. So nine millimeters, like impossible to find right now. So was, I, I don't believe that. This is like $5.56 you can find because uh, two, two, three, uh, they're supposed to be interchangeable. If you have a rifle that can fire 5.56, um, it can fire two, two, three Remington which is what AR-15s are. Mm-hmm. But if you have an AR-15 that's set to fire two two three, you're risking it when you try to fire the the NATO rounds. Yeah. So it's not like it's not both ways. So yeah, I can I can understand five five three being available. Five five six. I'm sorry. I'm yeah five five six. But two two three is really hard to find. I've been like scrounging to find to try to get my my two two three two two three round. Oh, I've got enough protesters by the way <laughs> kind of, i just i just want overkill i just i went with the stuff that's easy to find 12 gauge shells there you go <laughs> uh, there may or may not be slugs mixed in well we have all kinds of more shit to talk about well the Should only we just other- go daily yeah uh listeners let us know <laughs> god we could uh the only other thing i was gonna say uh just very briefly talking about this is the autonomous zone the george floyd zone mm-hmm. in there minneapolis were, here yeah there was a uh what's the block radius around it's where? like a four by four block so two blocks every day they keep saying where he was killed he was 38th in chicago he was not killed he died of a drug overdose yep. that that's is what the, the coroner said that's what the coroner said flat out 
And people can say, well, if that cop hadn't had his knee on his neck, the coroner said if the cop didn't have his knee on him, you'd have found him dead in his apartment someplace. Mm-hmm. He scarfed a bunch of drugs that he w- that he got caught with and didn't want yeah, to get because, caught Yeah, uh, because they called the cops. If the cops yeah. would have been called, he'd be just fine. His lungs weighed three times normal because he was drowning. Yeah. Anyway, so there was an article in the Star and Trib, I think it was, interviewing one of the people down there. She's a uh, school teacher who took a leave of absence on this, and they're talking about how they've hidden shields down there. And she goes, they're not going to take this autonomous zone down. I'm prepared to die. Yeah. And they've worked out, you know, all these things and everything. And so the city is, uh, like, strategically, they've got a, you know, a chat channel or something that they can, codes and all this. I mean, they're dug in. They're prepared. And the city is trying to negotiate with them to sort of work around this or something. But... Well, and you've got their apologists showing up. You've got people from the suburbs and and guilty whites showing up there during the day and going, oh, it's just, it's it's nothing. I can walk through there. I just had to check in when I showed up with, with the, at the kiosk and check in and let them know that I wasn't, uh, you know, that I was, uh, that I was, you know, pro BLM. And, you know, it was just like a really mild kind of thing. It's like, motherfucker. That's what they want you to see. It's all the same propaganda shit you see from uh, from these authoritarian regi- regimes where they allow the press in. You're getting you're getting a sanitized version of what's going on there. At night, the shit pops off. There's crime. There's rape. There's murder. There's theft. There's all kinds of shit going on there at night. It's not getting reported. I think they passed the murder rate before for yeah. the uh, record and, year and, before and they were out of office. Minneapolis is really good, and Minneapolis um, media. Minnesota media is really good at just not reporting. You're not hearing like anybody who doesn't look look at alternative media is not hearing anything about this at all. Although there's a couple of good reporters, Tom Hauser, Paul Bloom, um, even uh, oh Tom Lydon, who is a raging lefty on uh, Channel Nine Fox uh, affiliate down here, not Fox News, just the Fox affiliate. Uh, he's even pushing back on the governor. Yeah. And, uh, Paul Bloom was the one when when uh, Jacob Fry came out and said, oh, it's just bricks and mortar, you know, when they burned the third precinct. And he just flat out asked in the in the uh, press conference, he goes, what's the plan? And Fry looks at him like, sorry, what? And he goes, what's the plan? What happens now? And Fry looked at him like, what do you mean? I mean, he's not used to. And that wasn't necessarily a combative question, but it was direct. And yeah. he didn't want any direct questions. Yeah. So. All right. Well, if you want to get in contact with us, it's uh, rooster at bread and circuses podcast.com or crow at bread and circuses podcast.com. But I'd rather, if you guys want to make comments or want us to cover anything or give us suggestions, just go to the Facebook page. Yeah. It's easier. Bread and circuses podcast. Yeah. It's uh, that's the best way to interact with us. It boosts our engagements, all that stuff. It's helpful. See you. Bye.